worship an awesome God in the blue states. The, the president's uh, problem is that he was born a Muslim. Not God bless America, God damn America. My Christian faith then has been a sustaining force for me over these last few years. Marriage itself is now being redefined and at a very incredible velocity. President Obama made it very clear that he wanted to be the abortion president. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Welcome to the history of evangelicals and politics, the Obama era. This is episode 13. George W. Bush joins the fight over marriage. I'm John Fia. As summer turned to fall, and with a decision in the Goodridge v. Massachusetts case a couple months away, it was time for the Christian right defenders of traditional marriage to mobilize the base. In early September, the American Family Association, under the leadership of Don Wildman, declared October 12 through 18, 2003, Marriage Protection Week in the United States. Those organizations who joined the American Family Association in this announcement included Gary Bowers, American Values, Bot Broadcasting Corporation, What Remained of the Christian Coalition, Concerned Women for America, Phyllis Schlafly's Eagle Forum, the Family Research Council, James Dobson's Focus on the Family, Charles Colson's Prison Fellowship, the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, that was under the leadership of Richard Land, World Magazine and its editor, Marvin Olasky, and Jerry Falwell's Thomas Road Baptist Church. The American Family Association published a new website, marriageprotectionweek.com, filled with links to articles and research reports about the negative effects of gay marriage on American culture. You may recall that we discussed some of the arguments made in these pieces in our last episode. This group of organizations started calling itself the Coalition to Protect Marriage. In a press conference following a meeting of this new coalition in Arlington, Virginia, Dobson declared that the homosexual activist movement is poised to administer a devastating and potentially fatal blow to the traditional family. Bauer acknowledged that the Christian right had recently experienced a little bit of burnout, but the quote-unquote spontaneous reaction to the marriage issue in both intensity and numbers involved had revived the movement. Wildman said that if we wait 30 years, it's all over. This is an issue that is going to be met now because the danger is now. Land announced that marriage is the poster issue for the titanic struggle that is going on in our society between those who believe in a Judeo-Christian basis for our culture and those who believe in a neo-pagan relativist base. Sandy Rios, president of Concerned Women for America, 
described marriage as the very underpinning of civilization. If we remove those foundations, she added, our entire civilization will come crumbling down. According to Rios, America's founding fathers did not give their lives or their property for the freedom of entertainer Madonna to French kiss Britney Spears on national television, or for men to appear with men in Brides magazine. Marriage Protection Week would coincide with a voter registration drive, bulletin inserts in more than 70,000 churches across the nation, and special programming on Christian radio stations. Those affiliated with another website, DefendingMarriage.com, took out full-page ads in major U.S. newspapers. One of those ads, appearing in the Kansas City Star, said, there are those who want to redefine marriage to include two men or two women, or a group of any size or mix of sexes, one man and four women, one woman and two men, etc. In a press release, Tony Perkins said that he was shifting the Family Research Council's agenda to focus on the defense of marriage. He fully expected the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts to rule in favor of same-sex marriage in Goodridge, and thus open the floodgates of litigation demanding all 50 states to recognize homosexual marriage. In yet another reference to judicial activism, like the ones we talked about in the last episode, Perkins said, this is not happening because the American people want it. It is not happening because state legislatures are voting for it. It is happening because of the Black Plague, from the Pledge of Allegiance to the Ten Commandments, and now to the very institution of marriage. Unelected judges in Black robes are not only ruling against the wishes of the American people, they are overturning laws passed by the elected representatives of the people. Perkins' words echoed James Dobson's Montgomery, Alabama speech a few months earlier. Perkins and the Family Research Council also produced a marriage protection pledge that asked people to affirm the belief that marriage, whether entered into within or outside of the United States, shall consist of the legal union of one man and one woman. The pledge went on. Every person has the right to marry a person of the opposite sex, subject to state laws based on age and consanguinity. The uniting of persons of the same or opposite sex in a civil union, domestic partnership, or other similar relationship shall not be valid or recognized with any legal benefits or privileges in the United States. The council sent this pledge, nicely printed a certificate available online in PDF form, to every elected official at both the state and federal level. Perkins then urged his followers to make sure they only voted for candidates willing to sign the pledge. Marriage Protection Week and the Marriage Protection Pledge, he said, mark the start of a year-long effort to ensure that when the voters go to the polls in 2004, they know how each of the state and federal candidates for public office stand on protecting marriage. And then he said, we are committed to use every tool at our disposal, including amending the United States Constitution to ensure that marriage in America remains exclusively defined as the union of one man and one woman. 
The Family Research Council also published a sample sermon outline for preachers who wanted to use their pulpits to defend a Christian view of marriage on Sunday, October 12th. The sample sermon was titled, One Flesh, and it was based on Genesis 2, 18 through 24, the passage that described the so-called first marriage between Adam and Eve. It suggested that pastors begin their sermons by making sure their congregations could identify the main legislative and judicial battlefields in the country's fight to preserve traditional marriage. It then provided a lengthy section defending traditional marriage using Bible verses. These verses were interpreted to teach that the primary purpose of marriage was procreation and child rearing. This sample sermon ended by mobilizing congregations to insist that public schools adopt traditional marriage curricula focused on abstinence and the virtues of heterosexual relationships, call and write members of Congress, senators, and George Bush to support a federal amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and vote for political candidates who defend traditional marriage. The last words on the outline were, speak now or forever hold your peace. The Family Research Council suggested that pastors could adapt the sermon using personal illustrations and incorporate any theological distinctions of their own church tradition, such as, for example, a sacramental view of marriage. The Christian rights fight over the proper definition of marriage got a huge boost a day after the Arlington press conference when Bush brought the power of his office behind Marriage Protection Week. In a presidential proclamation, he declared marriage to be a sacred institution whose protection is essential to the continued strength of our society. The proclamation defined marriage, as you might expect, between, as a union between a man and a woman, and announced that the administration would work towards supporting this understanding of the institution. Bush appealed to some of the same research that Christian right groups had been promoting for months. Children raised in households headed by married parents, he said, fare better than children who grow up in other family structures, and added that he would seek to ensure that every child can grow up in a safe and loving home. The reference to other family structures was the closest Bush got to mentioning same-sex marriage in this proclamation, but most Americans got the point. The response to Bush's proclamation was fast and it was furious. Letters to the editor poured into newspapers from citizens defending both sides of this contentious issue. Connie Bartels of Dakota City, Nebraska, said in a letter to the editors of the Sioux City Journal that America's silent majority could no longer sit idly by and watch our culture slide even more into an atheistic nation with no regard for God's laws. Cheryl Meadows from McGee, Mississippi, reminded the readers of her hometown paper that God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. She referenced Leviticus 18, 22, a passage where the Hebrew God says, do not have sexual relations with one man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. Herbert Hess of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 
wrote a letter to the editor of his paper comparing the current hostility to traditional marriage to Soviet communist Vladimir Lenin's attempts to abolish marriage and declare it obsolete. A writer to the Indianapolis Star pointed out that Bush's proclamation coincided with the fifth anniversary of the death of Matthew Shepard, a 22-year-old Wyoming man who was beaten and tortured to death because he was gay. Is Bush mean or just stupid, this writer asked, concluding that Bush's proclamation is a smack in the face to all people who aren't just like him. Craig McDonald of Ithaca, New York, announced that he was appalled at the obscene, homophobic, and dangerous war being waged on the gay community by conservative fundamentalist radio. He specifically referenced a protecting traditional marriage telethon on Dobson's focus on the family program. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Writing in the Wall Street Journal, Andrew Sullivan, a gay conservative blogger and former editor of The New Republic, reminded his readers of the Lawrence v. Texas decision. According to Sullivan, Lawrence made it clear that the term gay citizen is now simply a fact of life. If homosexuals are no longer criminals for having consensual private relationships, he argued, then they cannot be dismissed as somehow alien or peripheral to our civil society. Sullivan's piece was filled with questions for his fellow conservatives. What exactly is the post-Lawrence conservative policy toward homosexuals? Can you think of any other legal, non-criminal minority in society towards which social conservatives has nothing but a negative social policy? What other group in society do conservatives believe should be kept outside integrating social institutions? What is the social conservative position on civil unions? A Family Research Council response to Sullivan's piece came quickly. Its author was Peter Sprigg, the council's senior director of the Center for Marriage and Family Research. Sprigg took Sullivan's last question first. What is the social conservative position on civil unions? Sprigg answered, we are unalterably opposed to them. For Sprigg, Sullivan's questions were easy to answer. We want people to abstain altogether from engaging in homosexual acts. We believe that sexual restraint is a virtue. After running off a litany of Christian right talking points on marriage, Sprigg ended his response to Sullivan's Wall Street Journal op-ed by smugly asking, any more questions? The American Civil Liberties Union also responded to Bush's Marriage Protection Week proclamation. The president should abide by his own proclamation in which he called for the creation of a compassionate, welcoming society where all people are treated with dignity and respect. Indeed, Bush's proclamation did make appeals to the compassionate conservatism that animated his 2000 presidential run. 
Marriage Protection Week, ACLU spokesperson Christopher Anders noted, is nothing but a handout to the far right seeking to unravel the already limited protections that gay and lesbian Americans have. Meanwhile, in Lynchburg, Virginia, the home of Jerry Falwell's Liberty University, Soul Force, an organization of gay Christians co-founded by Mel White, an evangelical ghostwriter who once worked with Falwell, Billy Graham, and Pat Robertson, expressed shock and dismay at Bush's proclamation. The organization announced that it would use Marriage Protection Week to organize civil marriage forums across the country to educate people of faith about the injustice and spiritual violence caused by ignorance and misinformation surrounding equal civil marriage rights. The first such forum would be held in Lynchburg in the shadow of Thomas Road Baptist Church. Soon Soul Force would be visiting evangelical college campuses on a nationwide bus tour to make the Christian case for marriage equality. A few of these schools even let them on campus. The Lambda Legal Defense Fund, the organization responsible for the victory in the Lawrence anti-sodomy case, took a different approach to Bush's Marriage Protection Week. They started an online program based on a popular reality television show in which gay fashion experts offered advice to straight men. Lambda called their program Queer Eye for the Straight Couple. The organization recruited gay couples in long-term partnerships to offer online relationship tips for people in heterosexual partnerships, including opposite-sex marriages. A spokesperson for Lambda Legal said, same-sex couples face all of the same challenges and joys that heterosexual couples do, but we're left navigating through them without the protections marriage provides. We've brought together some fantastic lesbian and gay couples who are kind enough to lend their relationship experience to their heterosexual peers. An Associated Press article described a lesbian couple who offered counsel to a man from Jersey City who worried that his heterosexual relationship was losing its spark after three years. Focus on the little things was the wisdom offered by Carolyn Conrad of Boise, Idaho. She said that when her partner, Kathleen Peterson, brings her a Diet Coke when she is working late, it never fails to make my heart beat a little faster. Sandy Rios of Concerned Women of America called Queer Eye for the Straight Couple a silly, sad game. Genevieve Wood of the Family Research Council added, it's almost hard to take seriously considering that the majority of homosexual couples don't stay together more than a year and a half. It's ludicrous that they would even suggest that two men or two women could have advice for a married man and a married woman. On October 17, 2003, former Reagan Secretary of Education William Bennett entered the fray with an op-ed at the Los Angeles Times that was distributed nationally on the Times Wire service. The piece praised Bush's proclamation, arguing that marriage is rooted in the proper order of life. When God created men and women, Bennett argued, he did so with a natural sexual order, a proper order for love, an ordo amorum, as St. Augustine put it. 
humans were created by God as men and women for the purpose of marriage and reproduction. Bennett continued, if we depart from the natural order of sexuality and the proper behavior and relationships that ensue from it, we are left with no guiding principle but the prevailing mood of the age. We are currently on the cusp of doing just that. He added, we must decide whether we will continue to reinforce the natural sexual order in our laws or whether we will let them cave in to arbitrary preference. Now is the time to redouble our efforts to make behavior meet the traditional standard. Ernesto Gomez of Crestline, California responded negatively to Bennett's piece with a letter to the Times affirming that when love conflicts with traditional sexual roles, I cast my vote for love. Dan Gumbleton of Pasadena asked Bennett to consider that many gay people were born attracted to people of our own gender. So to live a lie and pretend to be heterosexual, we not only violate our own humanness, but also hurt those we try to be straight with. Tim Bryant of Hollywood wrote, gay people just can't win with the family values crowd. If they're promiscuous and freewheeling, they're condemned as hedonists. If they want to settle down and nest, parroting a non-gay lifestyle, they're condemned for destroying marriage. Sheesh, people like Bennett know that they can muster lots of political support for their born-again commander-in-chief if they stir panic about evil gays trying to ruin marriage. That's what's behind Bush's Marriage Protection Week. It's not about morality, it's about votes. Of course, Bennett also had his supporters on the Times opinion page. Greg Freeman of Simi Valley connected gay marriage to the nation's upside down moral compass. God said homosexuality is an abomination. And for me, that is the bottom line. With the Goodrich decision looming, the marriage wars were waged in churches, on the opinion pages of local newspapers and at websites. Social media, by the way, was not yet a thing. These wars were also waged in local city halls and mayoral races. In our next episode, we will zero in on how this front in the culture war played out in one Midwestern community. Stay tuned. The History of Evangelicals in Politics is produced by Casey Lehman. It is a podcast for patrons of Current, an online platform that includes daily commentary, reflection, and judgment from diverse and talented writers representing positions across the political spectrum. Current also hosts The Way of Improvement Leads Home, a blog dedicated to reflections on American history, politics, religion, and academic life. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. Please consider supporting us by heading over to currentpub.com and clicking the red support button.
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.